Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy grown-up bent. Today we're going to talk about uh, Don't Say Gay, sad news about our favorite blogger, and our upcoming trip, and silly shit, obviously. First, uh... Sorry <laughs> that we don't have a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Val. Our weekly podcast oh is among God. the most consistent of all time. <laughs> I like truly, I think the biggest reason for this is that we just haven't been that excited about Disney for the last, you know, yeah. two years. Like I've gone on a couple of trips, but Sam has not been since November of 2019. It's been hard to stay excited about things. The news that's come out is mostly shitty, like, you know. Stuff going away. Stuff that going we away. Care about. Now there's no more fast pass. Yay, ride line times will get better. Oops, just kidding. Now it's just paid fast pass. Like all that kind of shit. There's just not a ton of like. Pay good. to win Disney. Yeah. There's just like not a ton of stuff that was particularly inspiring for us. And so uh, that's why we haven't been around. And probably all four of you who listen know this, but. Uh, that's that's what's up. So uh, the first topic that we're going to talk about today is uh, the don't say gay bill in Florida and Chapik's fucking awful response to it. Uh, it was just a shit show. Like the bill sucks. Disney's response to it, which was just Chapik's. Like they literally didn't go like, let's get a PR team together. It was just Bob Chapik was like, we don't do politics. We're going to put more gays in films. Bing! And like, didn't, like, nothing. <laughs> Val just did a, a bing wink. That's, bing! that's like, what that was. Bing! So like, he, <laughs> like, it legitimately wasn't like a well thought out PR response kind of thing. It was, it was just Chapik being like, we don't do politics. And that means we don't have to say anything here. Despite like owning the largest company in Florida, like the largest employer in the state of Florida. And also one that I I feel like has a special connection in many ways. And with, well, with the gays, with yeah. The gays. But and also donates money to politicians. Right. So like that's part of why it it rung so hollow is like they say, oh, we don't do politics, but they donate to politicians regularly because that's how they get what they want. And right. so like we it's don't just... do politics when it benefits you, only right. when it benefits us. Even though this, like, the thing that seems insane to me on this one is that it would benefit them because, right. like, if you ostracize gay cast members, right. like, you've just lost, like, frankly, a lot of their really good performers. The VIP tour guide who I oh my had my tour with uh, is not a straight person, and I'm sure he was not thrilled about this I hope response. I get to meet him. I hope we I get to do another one where amazing. I get to meet him. Um, so I... My thing about it is that, like, obviously the response sucked ass. Like, there wasn't, there still kind of isn't really any clear action. And, like, there have been walkouts over it because um, they're, they're just, they haven't committed to do enough to fix it. Like, they haven't said we're not going to donate to those politicians. They, they're like, oh, we're going to donate some money, whatever. But, like, even this whole idea of being inclusive in the films, like, you told us Gaston was gay. You told us there was another first gay character in Cruella. You told us there was another first gay character in fucking Onward, like a lesbian cop. Like, they're just, they're not, they 
Chapik makes it sound like, oh, we've got a ton of queer rep in our films. And it's like, aside from the fact that you queer code a lot of your villains, like there isn't a ton of gay rep in your film. So like, you can't say the, we'll continue to support by including you in our media. Like you don't fucking include us. So it's also, it's also like that, that is such a shitty, like that's, that's literally what, J.K. Shithead did with yeah. the whole Dumbledore's yeah. gay thing. She was like, Dumbledore's like, gay. You don't actually see it, so there's no representation. Right, right. But yeah. we're going to tell you so that you feel represented. Right, you feel like you're represented and it's, It just now. feels like shitty pandering yeah. that doesn't actually... It, it doesn't actually address what people care about. Right. It's just so that they can tick a box. Right. You know, it's it's like the, you know, I don't know, the the you know, diversity hire type of check for them. Where yeah. it's just like, we did the we thing. We hired a black woman as One. our head of people operations and now our company can never be racist. And admittedly, like, no. they've kind of been doing that for years yeah. with representation yeah. in the like, gotta have the girl in a wheelchair bonus points if she's, However, you know. <laughs> I do, I have always appreciated that. In I know, but it's like, but it's like, never anyone with a yeah, name. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's someone, it's someone <laughs> exactly. who's on screen for less than 30 yep. seconds cumulatively. Princess Diaries, all but, the DCOMs, they all have right. the one kid, but it's a side kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. There's like, never just like a normal character where it's not either them just you being You mean there's extra. never a main character. Well, and it doesn't even need to be like a, a main character, just someone who like talks. A person or is with a line. In, yeah, you know, yeah. Like when you say normal, well, I'm just saying normal can be a charged. Sorry, word here. I didn't. Like, I didn't mean that. I meant. I meant never a full a, there's character never a, and not an extra. Is right. What I exactly. Meant. There's never. There's never a named character that right. that that's the case with. Yeah. Um. I will say that uh, the. TTA podcast has a Patreon podcast called The Gibbet, and it's free now, even though it's on Patreon. And they did a really good job talking about this bill, and particularly because Rob uh, lives down there. So, and like, is a lot more connected to the the sort of issues here. So uh, they did a really good episode about this that has more info than us just being like, this bill fucking sucks and Disney fucking sucks. We're just but mad. Like, We're just- yeah, I, I mean, I'm just mad, but I'm also like, I'm not surprised yeah. That Chapik sucks about it, but I am surprised that they let Chapik suck about it. Right. Like, I am surprised that there was no PR person who he was supposed to check what he said with first. Like, right. Or that someone in People Ops or whatever they call HR there, like, that's what I'm surprised by is that no one told Chapik hey, this is going to be a bad look. And the problem is that Chapik is making them enough money with Disney Plus and blah, 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 that like, it's not like this is going to get him fired, but it sucks ass to see a guy who we were all like, man, he's not really creative and we don't feel like he really loves Disney and blah, blah, blah. He's not really passionate and he's not connected and he's just kind of a shitty like operations guy suit. Um, It's shitty to see him just be like, yes, I am that. Right. Like, right. And that's, and that's I'm sure anything. he thought he was giving a very safe. Exactly. Thing, but but again, thing. that's From operations. A suit mindset. That's the operation. Right. Well, and again, suit, but also especially ops, because I feel like Bob right. Iger was like, he could have just been the like boring suit guy, but he did have creative interests in things. And I think the difference with Chapik is like, he isn't creatively interested in the media 
portion, the, even I don't think like the marketing or sale, like he's really an operations guy. And I don't mean to say that operations people aren't awesome because I work with operations people a lot and they're fucking great, but there is a flavor of how they often do things that's very just like, let's get this done, let's solve this problem that sometimes doesn't see the whole problem and doesn't think of a way to solve it that's going to be the most satisfactory for everyone involved as opposed to checking the box. Not all people, hashtag not all ops people or whatever, but like he just comes from this background that feels very like checklisty and boring and that's how he responded here. He he strikes me, the best way I can I can describe him and the way that I think of him is he strikes me as someone who owns and manages the finances and ordering and everything for a Michelin-starred restaurant, but has never eaten there, yes. and never met the yes. executive chef, yes. and like you know, eats hungry man dinners yes. for every yes. meal. Yes, and it's mm-hmm. just it's it's so bizarre to see someone in a position like that who just doesn't doesn't have it in their blood. Like yeah. if there's if there's a, a big corporation that could have that kind of identity. I feel right. like it's, it's Disney. Right. And, and I just, feel like he just you know. like, and maybe he loves it, but and like, maybe I'm also, you know, maybe he loves it. We just don't see it. Right. Maybe I'm just too much a child of the nineties and still obsessed with Michael Eisner, but like same, there's just a, there was a joy in him. And again, even in Bob Iger, despite him being a suit, like, and it just doesn't feel like Chapik has that. It feels like for Chapik, this was the next step on the corporate ladder that he's climbing. And like, it just happens to be that this is the company he's built his reputation at. And like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go run the NRA or something next. Like, he's just right. not, he's just like a fucking, he just doesn't inspire me. Our next topic is also not particularly positive, uh, and it's not going to be news again to everyone who listens to this podcast, um, but uh, EZWDW, who was like my go-to Disney blogger because he was super honest, he was not like going to media events and getting comped things, he did really comprehensive um, reviews of like every booth at every festival, Italy always sucked, Um, he (laughs) passed away on... uh, March 10th. And I keep, I've kept coming back to it since we all found out about a week later because like he had, he had, it's just really sad. Like he had been struggling. Um, he had had an illness like late last year. He never really got back into the swing of things. He admitted to having been struggling with like motivation and sort of the vlogs killed blogs stuff. Um, and it, it just sucks because his voice was super, super snarky in a community that is often full to the brim with positivity that goes into the realm of fakeness pretty, pretty frequently. There's a lot of, you know, I have to be positive or no one's going to like my stuff or I have to be positive in order to be family friendly or whatever it is. And like, for obvious reasons, that snarky voice appealed to us. Um, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like he he was a significant influencer of the the sassy side of bored and sassy. Yeah, and that he was a, a really good role model for someone who can make it funny and fun to poke at the things that kind of suck while also celebrating the things that are great. Yeah, 
And he he loved the parks. Like the thing about it is that he's he wrote some pretty poignant stuff about like sort of why we all keep coming back, even though he is snarky and he holds them to, you know, he held them to account for stuff. And like his, he was a really, really good writer. And um, it's just, it's just a really sad situation. And like some people have been kind of doing this. I, there was at least one troll on Twitter who I reported who like was just being a jerk to people about it. But like, I'm not saying that you have to have liked the guy, but like, celebrating his death goes a little far. Like he wasn't a fucking fascist or something like, and there are people who are kind of being dicks about it and people have been speculating about causes. And like, I just felt like we needed to make sure that we, uh, mentioned him on the podcast. Uh, and frankly, I don't know how I'm going to do flower and garden without reading through all of his reviews and knowing, you know, what's good and what's not. Yeah. I think something that, really sticks out to me as Val is very much my source of like 95% of the Disney related stuff that I consume. His blog was one of the only things that I went to directly, not through Val. Yeah. Because I knew I could go there. I knew that I would get a laugh out of anything because he always found a way to make something that was informative, really also just have have a ton of personality in it because it's really hard to just like write about every food at a festival <laughs> right. and and not just have it be like, this was good, this was bad. Like that's hard. Right. That's hard work. Yeah, yeah. And he just had this knack for like picking on things in a way that wasn't too mean. Right. But was just like, you know, why would they ever do this? Like yeah. what, what were they thinking? But then it's all made up for by this other thing that was, you know, truly fantastic, especially right, for right, the price. Right, 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 right. And and I don't know. I'm I'm really gonna miss that. I feel like it was it was valuable to me. Um, and I know that even if his readership may have been you know absolutely dwarfed by uh, that of like you know the what is it Disney Food Blog or whatever, <laughs> yeah 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 where it's he he even like in some of his last public messages was kind of noting how you know the odds are against him there because. Yeah people who haven't actually eaten the food are writing the content yep. while other people are there eating it. And yep. it's just, you know, it's so different than getting someone who like, you know, you have some sense of his his tastes and personality and can use that to then filter the information he's giving you to say like, oh, this right. is really worth checking out. Right. Whereas like one of the more generic options it's like you might as well just give me a menu list or pictures right and that's like frankly that's all i get from the other things is comprehensive pictures right and And, that's and that's why i always referred to him is because i could understand that hey this thing that i thought sounded good actually kind of sucked because the little cake was really dry or oh my god this thing that doesn't sound that great was amazing because it was you know just this particular little piece of it is something you're not going to find anywhere else like he was very good at calling that stuff out and um I don't know. And, and reviewing, like he had room reviews, he had, you know, how to plan your park day, like all kinds of different stuff. And a lot of the park strategy stuff isn't the kind of thing I'd use because plenty of it was, you know, going to involve rides I wouldn't do, or going to involve like getting there early or things like that, how to maximize early morning magic, those kinds of things. But, um, I just don't like, he just was such a cornerstone, like literally because 
every time before I would go on a trip, because every time I go on a trip, Epcot has a festival, <laughs> like yep. to be clear, um, I would go and I would look at what he had said about all the booths and I would make a little checklist in Google Keep for myself so that I could know which things I really wanted to prioritize trying based on his review. And it just like, I know there are other people who do reviews out there and I know I can make my own decisions and whatever, but like his voice was just such a good one. And, um, it's just, it's just terribly sad to me. Like, and I know the other, like he was kind of in with a, you know, a news site that I don't particularly like, for example, like was very close with them, but like that didn't really matter to me because he personally, wasn't publishing rumor bullshit the way that they did, even if, you know, I don't think highly of that website, but like he wasn't doing what they did. He was posting his own opinions about stuff. And I just am really sad about it. And I, um, I, I only met him once, like pretty briefly, um, I think in 2016 or something. And it was just like, he was just some fucking guy. Like he wasn't, trying to be a celebrity about it. He was just some fucking guy who, you know, wrote a Disney blog and did interesting analytics and all kinds of stuff. And I just, uh, I am sad for his family and I'm sad for the people who knew him well. And I'm sad for the Disney community because it was really nice to have just a totally different perspective um, that was not clouded either by being given free shit all the time or by the need to be as fake positive as a lot of Disney um, blogs are. Yeah, I'm glad you at least got to meet him once, even though it's a, it's a still feels so insufficient to just be like, yeah. oh well, at least yeah. at least you got to meet him once. I I think I I stayed off to the side because yeah. you know I I didn't know as well, and you know it's it's always like a little bit sketchy to just walk up to someone <laughs> and be like, yeah. hey, are you? And so yeah. I just sort of let you let you do that yourself, but um, all the same, yeah, he'll he'll very much be missed. Uh, now to switch gears completely. Oh my God, we're going to Disney. We're going to Disney. We're like pretty fucking sure that we. Not just me, but we are going to Disney. We will be there from April 3rd through April 9th, uh, late April 3rd, but late April 9th also. So like we'll probably actually have a park day on that Saturday. Um, very soon, uh, the plan is like do all the stuff and have a good time. And like, I'm, I, Sam hasn't been since, like I said, November, 2019. So right. I've been three times since then because I got that trip in January, 2020, right before the pandemic. And then April, 2021, once I was vaccinated and then this September, October one that we did, I did for the 50th. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I have, I have just not been in a place of COVID comfort to go. Mm -hmm. um, well, and this and... was supposed to be in January. This trip, to be clear, was supposed yep. to be in January. And Sam was like, yeah, as long as no crazy variant comes along. And then literally fucking Omicron did. Like, right. like, lit like the one thing. <laughs> um, we, we went into the worst spike of the pandemic. And even if it was overall likely to not be worrisome for us because we're vaccinated and boosted, it still felt to Sam like, you know, 
why am I going to go during the worst spike of the pandemic when I didn't go these other times when the numbers were lower? So yeah, it's it's been it's always a difficult topic to talk about with people because everybody's risk tolerance is a little bit different. Yep. And as much as I've really missed it and really wanted to go, for me it was always the like I have the rest of my life to do this, right? Unless you know Chapik totally screws it up. <laughs> um, but I've got the rest of my life to do this. You know, why am I going to to risk? you know, chronic illness as a result of right. the COVID infection um, to go, you know, what what always felt like a couple months earlier because it, it you know, we've been a couple months from the right. end of this pandemic <laughs> right. for two years. Right. It's like, and oh, so, well, I'll have a chance soon. So why rush right. it? Yeah. And so and so it finally, you know, after a couple of years of pandemic, um, obviously I'm feeling more secure in the knowledge that we have gained about um, how how risky it is, um, especially for people who are vaccinated and boosted with the most effective vaccine, um, which we are. Val just dabbed, um, <laughs> but also you know there's there's all of that mental risk math of like okay, like what really are the odds that I would get more than a mild infection, and even with a mild infection, what are the odds that I would get long COVID of some form, you know, some blood clotting or something like that. Right. And we're finally starting to get enough data on that that I felt I felt comfortable to go not during the Omicron spike, right. but during a lull. Um, right. Because that's, that's the thing is that I'm at this point, I, I am hopeful that, you know, we will at some point round the corner and enter the long tail <laughs> of, the, of the pandemic. But um, I, I feel like it is more realistic to look at, at this as an ongoing thing, even though I hope for that, but look at it as an ongoing thing and just look for the, the valleys, basically, right. in the chart, which is what we're in right now. Um, Hopefully that doesn't fucking change within the next right. week and we don't somehow skyrocket back up, but... In, yeah, like the a, thing is, they're like, oh, the COVID levels are rising. They're they're right now they're rising the tiniest bit, still staying at the like lower, medium, or whatever level, or medium or high levels. If you Florida's medium, we're high, so like it's rising a little bit, but it's rising within the lower areas of the chart. You know. Yeah, and and almost more importantly, um, across the country, like obviously there are plenty of international visitors as well. Right. Um, but the majority of the people that will will be walking past there are Americans, um, and across the country, um, you know, our rates are are pretty okay yeah. right now. Um, certainly, a lot better than a few weeks ago. Knocking on all the wood knocking, on the planet. Knocking on all the wood. Hopefully, um, it stays that way. And I mean, the other thing too is that um, as much as a certain group of people in this country might try to convince you that masks don't work hmm. because they never figured out how to, how to wear them wear properly. Them. Um, so I still got COVID even though I wore the mask like I was supposed to. Um, but under even my though, nose. Yeah, under my nose. Um, uh, it's still like we've, we, one of the big factors that changed my comfort is, um, finding a good source for comfortable N95s in bulk. Yep. Um, and some nice KN95s and KF94s yep. and, you know, we're, we've just got an arsenal to bring with us of, yeah. of masks to of really masks. Re- reduce our, our chances. Yeah. Yes. Of, of masks. An arsenal, arsenal of masks. of masks. Please don't check me at security. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. So I'm excited though. And I, I feel like there's not a ton that we're not going to be able to do. Um, right. You know, like eat. 
eat inside at table service is something that I wish we could do, but I'm not feeling comfortable. But, but. like, we'll try to do like Nomad Lounge, maybe to get right. a little taste of the Tiffins stuff because they have red some service. Outdoor, yeah, because they have some outdoor, um, like balcony ish seating that's open air. Um, we did book Savi's because I had booked that for January uh, for Sam to build a lightsaber. And then that trip didn't happen. So I rebooked it for now. Um, we are going to be doing Mirrors Connect, uh, but the like premium or express or whatever, that's wicked overpriced. But the idea there was mostly just like, honestly, I don't remember. Oh, small, less COVID, like less, yeah. less people around you. Um, and also obviously like the speed is a factor, but like we might try the regular bus outside of, you know, when pandemic's really low, but it also just felt like an, a relatively easy way to mitigate a little bit of additional risk. Yeah. I think, I think my concern there with the normal one is just that, you know, you could end up waiting even just in the bus terminal for a really long time if you get unlucky and your set of hotels line is really long. Yeah. Um, So it's more just having the, like, guaranteed capacity for a van that I would look forward to. Um, And we also did, uh, I did, disability access service pre-registration because that's a new thing where you can now register before your trip instead of having to wait until you get there and go up to guest services and all of that stuff. Um, so I pre-registered, I waited five hours one day, like waited as in I was doing other stuff, but I waited on the chat bot for like five hours one day until they closed me down and were like, no, we're not going to get to you today. Uh, and then the next day I tried at like 7am and got them. Um, and they only need to take a picture of the person who is getting the DAS. Uh, so like, I didn't have to get Sam up to take a picture like we would have had to at the parks. So, um, I... Did that one morning. It's a pretty easy video chat. They were super friendly. Um, And after getting registered for it, and like they did the usual, you know, like, why are you interested or why do you need the desk? And I was like, I have a condition that means I need bathroom access frequently. And she was like, say no more. Let's do this. Like super easy as, as it always has been for me. Again, that varies by cast member, but it was really easy for me. Um, And then afterward, they punted me back into the chat to pre-book attractions uh, which thanks to Jack from Yorkshire, who is a listener, um, letting me know you, uh, when they said you could pre-book up to two attractions, I assumed they meant like, we'll throw you a couple throughout your trip. No, no, it's up. It's two per day that you can pre-book. You can't pre-book um, the way that you can with um, FastPass Plus, the way that you could with FastPass Plus. You can't pick exactly what time you want, but you can say, look, I prefer afternoon or evening. Here are the rides I want on these days. And they fucking pre-booked them for you. They got basically all of what I wanted, mostly almost all in times that I wanted. Um, and I was really happy to see that because it acknowledges that a lot of us used Fast Pass Plus as part of our disability accommodation. So DAS on top helped, but being able to pre-plan certain experiences was a big part of it. You can't do things like Rise, like the really e-ticket kind of ones, um, but you can book quite a few things. And so that's booked, um, which is, has really been helpful. And can we still get like return times for Rise? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so, and the other thing is you can still get return times and those those two pre-booked ones do not count as a current existing one. Right. So you can still get a return time for something 
in the parks and actually will be able to do that through the phone. You don't even have to go to the individual ride anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, Just so once I, you're in the park, you Once can you're in the park, you'll get access to it in the app, in the My Disney Experience app. There'll be an additional tile and be able to say, okay, cool, I want to return time for this ride. So it's really like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about things working out okay because I was a little nervous because... The last couple of times I have been there was pre-lightning lane. And so there wasn't like standby lines just weren't as long. Yep. Go watch Defunct Land's excellent video about, you know, fast pass. If you want to understand why fast pass makes lines for uh, standby lines so much longer. But I was a little apprehensive about like, am I just going to have to use DAS for everything now? Because now there's lightning lane and all of the standby lines are longer. I can't working? believe how much work he put in. It's that the video. best fucking YouTube so video good. of all time. It's, it's so, so good. good. Um, so yeah, that's that's our plans for the trip right now. Again, like not eating inside, um, but hopefully we'll just get there, get Sam on rise. Yes, finally. Festival of Fantasy is back, which wasn't even back when I was there last. So like parade, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really really excited. Um, and like food wise, I'm just going to eat a lot of corn dogs. I'm just going to eat a lot of chicken nuggets and fries. Yep. Yep. We'll, we'll figure (laughs) it out. And, and, oh, and the food. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say the food at the resort. Yeah. So pop century, the last couple of times I've gone has had like this alternating salmon dinner or turkey dinner, um, on different nights. That's really, really good. Like it's a solid, I just want the kind of meal I might make at home sort of meal. Um, if you're white and boring, uh, (laughs) and I need boring ish food sometimes, so uh, that is on the menu at the Riverside Food Court. And I am fucking stoked because truly it was a really nice thing to have to just be able to be like, cool, I can't go eat in a restaurant, but I'm not also limited to quick service options, meaning pizza or burgers or chicken fingers or whatever. Like it's, yeah, I'm well, excited about that. That's often what we would do when we went to a nicer restaurant in our resort anyway, was just get like, you know, some salmon or, right, you know, right. a small steak or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we usually were just looking for something that wasn't pizza and burgers right. and whatever else mm-hmm. you could get quick from, you know, proper food court style food. So yep. um, I'm really, really happy to have that as an option because I do think it will make our, like, it means that we can eat kind of garbage food for our quick service, you know, outdoor eating experience over the course of the day, especially because... You know, I know Val doesn't eat much during the day anyway, Depends, a lot yeah. of the time, mm-hmm. but, um, but it means that then we can get back and have a really good meal and yeah. also the hours are late enough on yeah. it that I'm not too worried about us getting back and having to yeah. rush for it. And we can also like take a break during the day and have lunch there yep. if we want. Like it's, it's, it's good. So I'm optimistic. They're like, cause I think it's, I think it's technically lunch and dinner maybe that it exists for. So, but yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. We're going on a trip. We're going on a trip. <laughs> Oh, and one more thing, too. Oh it's not probably going to be a thing for when we're there. Um, but oh, minivans, yeah. Minivans are coming back. Minivans are coming back this summer, oh, they this say. This summer was what they said on TikTok and a cutesy little TikTok. And I'm like, I don't even fucking care if it's not while I'm there. Because at least they are actually confirmed coming back. And it's not that they decided to retire the program. And honestly, I hope they expand it because we could never get one half the, not never, but we could half the time we wanted when we couldn't get one. So the demand is clearly there. So hopefully, you know, 
Hopefully they staff them up even more than they were before the pandemic. That's kind of why I was I was frustrated that it seemed like they were just going to go away is that it's such a it fucking was clearly, cheap thing to do. Exactly. It's, it's, it's super like such money a grubbing. Great, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just such a great way for them to print some money. Granted, yeah. they have to give a percentage of it to Lyft. Right. But, but, like, but still. at the same time, it's just like, you know, the buses are free. This is not. And... Watch, they it'll come back and it, it won't be through Lyft anymore. Right. <laughs> They'll be like, no, it's in your My Disney Experience app. <laughs> oh, God. Then we'd really never get a minivan. <laughs> that's why, right, that's true. That's but why they I, I actually, so I'm wondering, app development. if they do have it on trial, I wonder if I will still have access because we got, like, connected into it yeah. during the original trial or something. Yeah. I, I wonder know. if there will be trial running them, you know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, they yeah, they, they didn't yes. go from nothing to right. full yeah. full fleet mm-hmm. or anything last time. Yep. They started doing like per resort trials. Yep. Exciting. Exciting news. So hopefully we'll have in a couple of weeks a post-trip uh, episode for you. I do want to note that we had a piece of feedback come in from the aforementioned listener, Jack from Yorkshire, but it was questions about uh, his upcoming trip, which is at the same time of our, as ours is, so it's probably too late. Uh, so sorry, Jack, that we don't fucking have a podcast, really. It's time for the Silly Shit in Disney Films Corner! I hate that you're smirking already. I was just thinking Disney quandaries. Oh, God. So my this is a Coco one. It's been on my mind for a long time. If Miguel's curse in Coco was a family curse that got him because he stole the guitar from De La Cruz's... What's it called? What is it called? Oh, my God. There's a word for that. Moratorium? No. Mausoleum? More, mausoleum. No, I was like, moratorium means a thing that you don't do the thing. Anyway, uh, from De La Cruz's mausoleum, why would Miguel's family's blessing fix that curse? Shouldn't it be that you need the blessing of the person you stole the thing from? Shouldn't he just have taken De La Cruz's? Or, or shouldn't it have not, like... Yeah, shouldn't it have not mattered because, like... He should like, have needed been, De La He should Cruz. have been entitled to that anyway because of how much was stolen from from his actual Yeah, but even if, even if the rule is literally like you get stuck in the land of the dead because you stole from the dead and you stole from De La Cruz, you would need De La Cruz's blessing. Now, granted, De La Cruz took that guitar... Didn't he take that guitar from Hector? I feel like that might be true. I feel like it might be that that was Hector's guitar originally. But either way, it was clearly De La Cruz's property. Unless he stole it. Maybe it's because he stole it. Maybe this isn't that silly. So it passed on the curse. Okay, this right. is, for the first time ever, instead of I have a theory, <laughs> I have Val a theory. has a theory, and it's it's that the guitar itself was cursed by being stolen in the first place, right? and then that curse passed on to Miguel. Right, so that was Hector's guitar that De La Cruz stole, and he stole it when Hector was dead. Oh my God. But, oh, well, right, and it was because in the, um, in the picture with the torn... 
Yeah. The Torrent oh had, didn't he have the guitar? Yeah, no, it's so, definitely yeah. Ektor's yeah. guitar. I did not just Google that. I did oh, just okay. Google that. All right. It was definitely Ektor's guitar. So Ektor died, but he wasn't in the afterlife enough yet or whatever. It didn't curse him. Or no, because it wasn't the Day of the Dead, it didn't make De La Cruz immediately go to, um, what is it called? What is the place called? The dead place. The dead place. The land of the dead. Um, so it didn't it didn't immediately, but maybe it is. Maybe it's that because he stole it from a dead person. The it was actually Ector's to I still don't think that checks out. I still think it's weird to be like, you have to get a blessing from the family who can or maybe you just had to get a blessing from your own family, and I'm misremembering the whole thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is it is well, even still, how did he how did he get knocked there, if that's the case? Is it is it just like no matter who you steal from, you need your, you own, need your family's own family's blessing? Yeah, to that doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, maybe maybe it's okay. So I have a theory. Oh God, fuck you! Um, I had a theory. I know my my theory is now that it doesn't actually matter who who returns you. Um, you just need the blessing of dead people. Oh, okay. um, that you're connected to. I like my theory better. Um, to to return. My theory is more there. like ooh, galaxy brain. So I like mine better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely on board with yours <laughs> first, but I I just wanted to explore the 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 the, the world building in Coco of perhaps perhaps what we've really learned yeah. um, is that you can get anybody's blessing to return, and there's going to be a spinoff series about someone who just like makes you know dead people money by giving blessing to return to anyone oh who gets trapped God. there, even if their own family won't. Just running a fucking racket, yeah. Yep. Well, maybe that's that. All right, well, uh, that's been our show. We did uh, a podcast. We did a, well, don't say that yet because you still have to edit it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you may never hear you this. And if you have, it might be in 2023. Oh, God. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Sorry that we suck ass at staying on schedule. Uh, if you want to, we have a website, boredandsassy.com. There is a contact form if you have questions or feedback or want to tell us that we shouldn't be allowed to put a podcast out anymore. Um, we are at Bored and Sassy on Twitter. We are, I think, Bored and Sassy at gmail.com if you just want to email us. So there's all kinds of ways to get in touch if you want to do any of those things. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks again for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Did you get, do you have the show notes? No, I'll just go. Okay, well, I'll be yeah, the show notes I'll guy. Just, we'll just wing it. Okay. Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And I'm an adult. Okay, cool. That's good to know. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay.